All right, Ephesians chapter 6. Paul, at the end of Ephesians, has talked about six major themes, and so to help us remember those themes, he ties it in with the armor of a soldier. Finally, my brethren, ten, be strong in the Lord, and the power of his might, Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We're standing, we are not casting out, we are not uh, sending Satan to hell, we are not doing all these things, we are standing in the power of God. Uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I, I think it's fairly safe to say all these uh, false religions have demonic influence behind them or are demonically inspired. That's why they've been so successful, I think, in so many ways. Personal opinion on that. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, withstand an evil day, and having done all to stand, and here we go, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod of the preparation of the gospel of peace, gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And a little caveat, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. That praying is like sort of like it's, it's just like the grease of the wheel, if you would. We're praying all this time, Lord, help me today to put on these pieces of armor. And so, if you consider these apart on on page one, if you consider these individuals apart from the whole, now I was thinking this evening, why didn't he start with the helmet of salvation? My thinking is that's where you start. If you, can a non-believer? Put on the whole spiritual armor of God. No, you have to, the helmet of salvation is the starting point. But God, knows, I, was, I was just wondering, because I think you have to have that first. For if you have not that, you have no head, you're dead. And so, matter of fact, the Bible says before we are believers, we were dead in trespasses and sins. The very same book, Ephesians 2.1. And he who hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And so we had no spiritual aptitude. Now, I do not believe that God regenerates us and then gives us the faith to receive. I personally believe it's when we receive Christ and invite him in, we are regenerated then. The, the, the Calvinistic theology says that you are regenerated first, then you have the faith, and then you trust Christ. I believe it happens simultaneously when I trust Christ as personal Savior, He comes in and regenerates me then. And so uh, that's just a different of opinion, but I just think scripturally there's that choice. We're talking about, of all things, Tom asked me today, he said, I'm still struggling with the idea how that God's sovereign, which I believe, and yet He gives us choice. <laughs> I said, Tom, that's a struggle and a half. And I said, that's, that's how does... And I said, I believe God's in sovereign, and yet we have the opportunity to choose. I said, whosoever comes to God, I will know what, and whoever cometh to me, I will know why he's cast out, and all that is given to me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, John 3, 6, 37, I shall know why he's cast out. So all that I've chosen come, and he who comes, I don't cast out. So there's both sides in one singular verse. Trusting God. He is sovereign. He has all these things under control. He said, he did admit it, he said, he said, I think when I get to heaven, he, I may find out. And then I, go, I may not find out. And he, what we're saying is God's so far above us that you know, we're, not ever, we're never going to know all that God knows. We understand it. So anyway, it's a thought-provoking. Shall we stay on point tonight so we can be finished? We shall. 
All right, so the Waterloo is this. Taking one of these pieces of armor, if you look at the text in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. But I just want to put on the sword of the Spirit, and I want to cast out demons, and I want to bind Satan, and I want to do all these. Well, that's just part. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That is taking the Word of God into your mind and heart. And so when temptation comes, you are capable of defeating that by letting God remind you of His Word. It is not you having some kind of spiritual aptitude authority over demonic spirits. We know the breastplate protected the Roman soldier uh, when he was fighting. It covered the uh, seat of the mind, the heart, and also the bowels, the seat of the emotions. And it was a breastplate of righteousness. The point is the point of reference in all these things to be found in the function of the breastplate, or is the point in the reference to be found in the meaning of righteousness? If I offered you the breastplate of chariot driving, I offer you the breastplate of basket weaving, I offer you the breastplate of basketball coaching, I offer you the breastplate for harp playing, but I offer you the breastplate of righteousness. Oh, now I want that one. You see, so the key thing, the breastplate is just to help us wrap our mind around the righteousness is what he wants from us. He, and right living because you've studied the word of God and you've, you're letting that affect your life. Righteousness. So question number one, do you think or think about don't truth, peace, salvation, and the Word of God also serve to guard our will and emotions? Absolutely, the truth guards the peace of God. Doesn't the peace of God guard your emotions so you don't fly off the handle when someone does something to you or doesn't do our salvation? Doesn't that all help us? Yes, the Word of God does. All those things help us to guard things, not just the breastplate of righteousness, the belt. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We don't put it on. Yes, correct. <laughs> You're correct. Somebody could shoot right through it. Clint Eastwood would go, he would make, make my day. He would, and Satan would go, that. And we would, you're right. And the, the, t- the belt, gird up, and, and to gird, to put on the, the gird of truth. The Word of God also helps us with truth. Righteousness, we are following truth. The peace of God brings because of the truth of God. So these all are working together. So please don't take, I'm just going to take the gospel of peace shoes and neglect the other parts. You're not going to be very long in the battle. If all you have is the one part, it's all of these things put together on a daily basis. Number two, then, is the importance of clothing. Loins are to gird us about in verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins gird about with truth, the girdle of truth. Now, I've never, girdle of truth, you know what that, you know what girdles do? They keep, they keep us intact, if you would, or keep my stomach in like that, girdle of truth, like that, whatever it would be. And then, so that we're supposed to gird about the belt, the, the belt, if you would, and that was so important because if they're running or if they're putting the, their sword in here, they've got to have something to put on, through, etc. So it holds the sword. Thus we practice the truth. We cannot use the word of truth. Uh, once a lie gets into the life of a believer, anything begins, everything begins to fall apart. So we have this word of truth. We've got to gird ourselves with it. So if we don't do that, we can fall prey to anything. The wheels are sort of halfway, and I rejoice in this, coming off the climate change movement. I don't know if you're following the news. 
But people aren't realizing, and we, we just can't meet these goals, and people are buying fewer electric cars. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to start a new, but I'm just saying there's the truth of, well, we, just, we just can't meet these goals, and we, no one's meeting the goals that have been set forth. We just, we just can't do it, and we can't automatically shift to electric cars. We can't afford them, number one. There's not enough charging places, number two. And then how's, who's going to pay the electricity bills that are already going up? And why are, why are oil companies buying other oil companies? Because they're going to be lucrative in it down the road. Who knows? The, the, the coal business might start booming again. China's coal business is absolutely booming. China's coal business. We have to stick with and not get caught up in how many got caught up in, in Christian... Um, Again, the Black Lives Matter movement or, or critical theory, how many churches the pastors have succumbed and gotten their pulpits and, and, and now we realize those things just, there's a lot of deception in that and there were a lot of deception and critical, by the way, critical theory is bad news from the get-go. Critical theory is, whether it's critical race theory or whatever theory is. And so we, we have to be so careful. This is, this is our guideline every time, every time. So be careful about Pastors jumping on bandwagons of the new current trend. What, what is the heat that's generating the light? What is it that's causing all... What's behind this that's causing this? And so we have to look carefully. And you won't go wrong if you center yourself on God's Word. The pastor has to do that. Everybody should be... The president down of our country should... We should all be centering on this. This is the one source of truth. So we ought to gird on, gird on our belt, keeps us, uh, helps us in the fight. The word of, doesn't the word of God really in our battle? If you don't have the word of God, you're going to lose. If you don't have the breastplate on, you're going to lose. If you've not been shod correctly of the gospel, you're going to lose. If you don't have an offensive sword, if you don't have the helmet, if you don't have all the shield of faith, it all goes together. Yes, these are pictures, and yes, they're important for the soldier. And these six things it's talked about are extremely important for the Christian soldier. Onward, Christian soldiers. That's what Paul talked about. It was one of his favorite motifs, favorite illustrations, is the battle, sports, and the war. That was his favorite use of illustrations, it seemed, for Paul. I'm on page two, breastplate, a single piece of hammered metal. Two, sandal, three were sandals and 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shod. And I was looking up, I was reading on my phone. I found, by the way, if you, if you want an app that is absolutely, I can't show it to you because I'm using this, Blue Letter Bible. I thought it was kind of, I couldn't figure out, where do I get to the, the, uh, to the, uh, you know, the Greek, whatever? And if you put your finger and hold down that verse... It brings up all kinds of things, the Greek, and you can pronounce it for you, and it gives you all the information and, and the dictionaries and all these different things just from right here. If you just hold the butt, your finger on that verse, I just discovered it last week. I've had it on my phone for a year at least. I, you know, I can't figure out why it does. I know it's somewhere in here. I couldn't figure it out because it didn't show it. Blue Letter Bible, you should get it. I'll tell you, it is, uh, I very, don't do a lot of promos. But has the Bible, read the Bible and helps you so much. Anyway, feet shod. And so I learned from the blue their Bible that was binding. So it's really like a sandal. So they would bind the sandal on, the shoe. Interesting, as you well know, the Romans had would put spikes in the bottom of their sandals. People then learned to put nails 
in the road. So whenever they would go, they would, the, as they're going into our town, they would have nails embedded in the road, and the soldiers would stamp on them. And when your foot's hurting, heard about a guy just yesterday who bit his nails, bit him so short they got infected. The finger got so infected he had to go to his doctor. And get, as a matter of fact, the, the infection went up and maybe even up into a, a lymph node in his arm because I'm telling you, infections can really change your life. So you get your foot infected, you're going to be less than 100%, and you might even be out of the battle. So feet shod, gospel of peace. So how does that relate to you and I? The gospel of peace. Uh, Mr. Womack prayed. When we have opportunity to share it with, there's lost people all around us. They, some of them don't even know. Lost, safe from what? And they don't even know that they're, and they're pretty maybe good moral people. So that's part of our, our armor. 16, above all, above all, take the shield of faith. Wherewith is she able to quench all the fiery darts? I think that was just used one time, the word dart, just the first time, only time in the Bible, I think. I can't look at it again. But that was like arrows, even one, one a little nuance of a needle. All the fiery darts of the wicked, whether it's the wicked one, Satan, or his henchmen, or whoever it is, were able to, the shield of faith. How does that work? Well, this was not that little buckler shield that you put on your arm if you were sword fighting. <laughs> I've never been in a movie. I don't have the all those kind of things. You see what Jackie Chan and all he makes all these moves. And they go, I could never do that. But that was to protect your arm from getting. Imagine if you didn't have it the first time. There goes your arm. They had this shield. That's not this shield. And again, this is the only time I think you use the New Testament. This is that four foot shield. And if you've ever seen it, the Lord of the Rings. I'm not promoting that either necessarily. But they have, and, and the dwarves have these shields and they pop them down on the ground. And they line them up. And that's how, and then the, and you, there's all kinds of movies been like that. And, they, they, and then they, the people rush toward them and they, and they, but they stand firm because they lock their shields. That's the shield of faith. They also would, I was learning, I was reading about, they would they'd take the shield, had to have a cloth on it, and they dip that cloth in water. So when they're fighting, what the people who they were attacking would put that arrow in a resin-type substance, light it on fire, and and it would hit the shield that had the watered-down covering on it, and it would put extinguish the flames. So, it says here, Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts. Don't you think they knew exactly what they were talking about when Paul said that? Arrows, fiery darts of the arrows, the shield of faith. Get discouraged, become discouraged with the world. No, I'm trusting the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So that's the shield of faith. God knows what he's doing and he's still under control. That's the shield there. And shall we go on? Yes, we also have then the helmet of salvation that speaks for itself, 17. The hel- that's the protection for the head. With no head, you're dead. And then the sword of the Spirit in 17, which is the Word of God. Every soldier had the one offensive weapon. We've got to, we got to stand offensively. Uh, good men thrive or are successful when, oh, sorry, evil thrives when good men do nothing. Someone said something similar to that. 
And that's, we, we have to be um, offensive in that regard. We have to stand for what is right. The Word of God will penetrate through, not your words, but that's, I think that's the Word of God. What's what Jesus used in his temptation time. And then the, 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 really the bonus I put on there, in my notes there under six, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Again, that, and that's the attitude with which to fight, I wrote on here. Praying always, uh, Lord, help me in the fight. And your fight's different than mine. My fight's different than yours. But your fight's just as real to you as mine is to me. And we all have, we all have to put this on every morning. I was thinking, um, shoes, uh, gird, sort of thing. Maybe I should start praying. Probably should. Lord, help me. The gospel, righteousness, you know, all these things to put on a daily basis. So we are protected now, notice a couple little uh, little points. There. I don't think they're in your outline necessarily. First, we notice the totality of the protection the armor provides. Everything covered from the head to the shoes. What is not covered? That's not covered. Onward. Retreat. Not an option. Yes, exactly. Or if you do... You run fast, okay. If you do, you're going to be, you may succumb to the wiles of the devil because there's no shield of faith. I'm running away. Here comes the wiles of the devil. Oh, got me. And I fall into sin because I have not determined by God's help to skip, put on the whole armor of God that I may be able to stand and to withstand. So there, there's no, there was no thing for the back. Peter said, according to his divine power, has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. All things that pertain to life and godliness. If the enemy manages to be successful in his attacks, it is not due to the lack of God's provision. If I fall into sin, we talk about this today at office. Yes, we do do work there. Uh, but yes, uh, but Satan, he says, I said, Tom, Satan never makes anyone sin. We sin, I said, and we talk about the evil in the world today. No one makes them do that. Now, he can tempt them, encourage them, but he can't make you sin. You choose. You choose. I choose. You choose to do these things. Now, recurring themes, I'm on page two, I think, and there are six of them. Number one is the truth is the girdle. And I put this question, what does a belt tell us about truth or is it more important? The idea is, what does the rest of Ephesians tell us about truth? Truth is the content of doctrine in which we have believed for salvation. That's the tr- so. Yes, we put on the girl on the belt of truth, but that's. Imp- but what does the belt say about truth? I need it. But more importantly, what has Ephesians said about truth in five and a half chapters? Now that's we really. Said a lot of things about truth. A new man created in truth, and we shall lay, down, lay aside all falsehood because Satan speaks lies, etc. A lot of things about truth. So that's the recurring theme. Number two is righteousness. Two types of righteousness. You have two. You have imputed. If you have imputed righteousness, that means you have been given Christ's righteousness. You have not earned it. You cannot buy it. You cannot. But He gives that when you receive Christ. He gave you His righteousness. He took your sin. He gave us his righteousness. I've been imputed to it. The second is practical righteousness. On bottom of page two, this is the righteousness we practice when we walk in truth. Is our imputed righteousness which makes the practical righteousness possible. An unbeliever can't live a righteous life. 
a very popular phrase when I was in high school, well, that's a righteous dude. Well, that has nothing to do with righteousness. Righteousness is walking with God and doing what he's asked us to do. What does a breastplate teach us about righteousness? Or maybe perhaps more importantly, what do I know about righteousness from the book of Ephesians? That's what, so let's, again, and I'm not, I'm trying to, under, I'm not trying to downplay necessarily the six parts of the armor. What I'm saying is they point to a much stronger principle of the righteousness and the truth, sort of the truth, and the grip of the Lord's truth, and the sort of word of God and the helmet of salvation. So now how is this practical righteousness, question two, page three, seen in the life of a believer? Obedience, right living. Blameless, as we talk about today at work, how the Holy Spirit, we listen to Him as we make decisions, and He prompts us to make decisions to honor Him because we have, it's like your conscience. Don't say, let your conscience be your guide because if you're going to say, you have to have a conscience in tune with the Bible. Now, if it's in tune with the Bible, we can, okay, let your conscience, but if your conscience is not in tune with the Bible, you can do whatever you want to do. How do we, do you have not people in, in Hamas? blatantly killed, and the way they just, the terrible things they do to other human beings. How do they sleep at night? They've seared their conscience. So I can't say to a a soldier in the Hamas army, let your conscience be your guide. My head goes next, and then he goes the next person, and their head goes, they they have not, you see what I'm saying? They get to tune your conscience. I could tell you to go play play something on a terribly out-of-tune piano. It's going to, it's, it's just not going to sound like anything because I've not tuned the piano to A440. And if I tune it to that, oh, well, that works out well together. Shoes. Peace. We have shoes. Uh, practical a feeling of peace that comes from God. Not necessarily peace. The peace of mind comes from having... Uh, this peace here really, I think, is from the strange, it's estranged... Jews and Gentiles, it's, it's the reconciliation peace that comes from that. It's not that good ooey-gooey feeling. It's, I have the peace of God because they have, they have come together. It's like the Palestinians and Israeli people in Israel who are all Christians can worship together because they have the same peace from the same God. That's only how that, works. that, that comes from God. We understand that. Faith, the shield of faith. What does a shield teach me about faith? Or what does the rest of Ephesians tell me by, about faith? So what, that's the important. What does, have we been learning about faith from Ephesians? Is a continual access we have to the Father through Christ in prayer. Though the enemy may throw fiery darts at us, we are protected from the content, by our continual trust in God. Have the faith that he knows and he sees. That's what carried Job through, I believe, his faith in God. Even though God wouldn't appear when he wanted him to, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Helmet, salvation. Number five, what does the rest of Ephesians say about salvation? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is by grace through faith. That's what it's told us, and the Spirit is toward the Spirit. In the context, I think it must be about page three, we find uh, the work of the Spirit is pictured in terms of how he uses the Word of God to protect, defend, and equip us in battle. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God as a weapon against Satan, and that's the one weapon we have. It's quick and powerful. Quick, what does the word quick mean in Scripture? Usually living, alive. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. 
a very clear picture of that. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner and the thoughts and intents of the heart. So how is the word of God quick, living, alive? Do you think the word of God's living? Yeah, amen. That's why you can read the word of God all your life long. And the Holy Spirit can take this Word of God and help your spirit, minister to your spirit, and teach you something new. I tell you, you cannot go deeper than the Bible. It's like you start scratching. I told Tom, I think, I think I've just scratched the surface. We're talking about guns today. I said, I've not even scratched the tip of the iceberg about guns. And, uh, and I said, hey, in the Scripture, I said, I, I, I've, I've hardly even scratched the surface. The more I've learned about the Bible the more I learned I don't know. God is so... And I love that. If I was going to learn about... I'm going to pick on Seth. He's a, he's a gentle soul. If I was going to learn about Seth's life, I could probably study him for a week, get up all the information on Seth he's ever done, all the videos. I'd probably get about a week's worth, and I would know 98% about Seth. Ask him a thousand questions. And I'd, I pretty much have... Tap Seth's life. Uh, if you're older, take me a little while longer. Some of us take a couple of decades for some of you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this, I'm telling you, the more you know about God, I'm telling you, the more you realize you don't know. I was, I was interesting someone, and I, didn't, I don't necessarily agree with it yet. I don't say I ever agree with it. He says that in, in eternity, God will continue creating more planets possible. I think I personally think he's done creating at the creation week as my personal. But what he does in eternity, I think there's enough out there now that we will have we'll never get him done in eternity. Uh, yeah. but at the end, I left you something for homework if you want to do it. I thought these are these are not my own. These are from the Just Thinking podcast on a pod three and a half hour podcast on spiritual warfare. Uh, but I just read through them, and you can look them up on your own. Spiritual warfare is a reality for every true believer in Christ. Spiritual warfare, by definition, involves an opponent as a roaring lion walketh about. Your opponent is spiritual, not temporal or carnal. I love that one phrase from last week. All these people who you don't agree with and who are anti what you believe, they are not the enemy. They are the mission field. That is the mission field. People who don't agree with us but you can't shout them to it, and I don't think you can, you, can, you can rebuke them to it, or you can't sarcastic it. You have to, I think a lot of it is love, showing a genuine love, and when opportunity, but God loves you this, this much. I take, but you cannot win on the first day, but I think you can certainly lose ever having much of an opportunity to talk to someone caustic, angry, know-it-all, prideful. Those things will not win the lost in many regards. There might be some. Maybe that need to wake up. I don't know. But let's go on. The goal of the opponent is to, is to defeat your defeat. Uh, we are to be alert. The weapons which you have to fight are spiritual weapons. We are to employ our spiritual weapons in the power of God. Unbelief robs the spiritual weaponry of their effectiveness. Spiritual warfare will be a reality for every believer for as long as they are on this world as it is now. Remind yourself daily that in Christ you have overcome Satan and all of his demonic schemes. And so if you want to do a little study on that, I've got you several verses there to go. 
And the spiritual warfare is not about you and I casting out demons and binding Satan and doing prayer mantras and, and conquering territory. It's about truth. The strongholds, mental strongholds of people's minds through the truth of God's word, bursting those strongholds and God's word, finding, lodging, and penetrating places that we cannot. Word power used to be a real problem because that's what it is. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the lessons we've had on spiritual warfare. May I apply these six pieces of armor daily basis. Lord, we are not protected from Satan's wiles if we have not put on the armor. May we be about your business. Lord, so many physical needs among our church family and friends right now, hurting the sympathy needs. and other. Lord, you can, be, you can handle all that. Lord, we look forward to one day, no pain, suffering. But until that point in time, be with our congregation here. May we be light, salt and light to a world desperately in need of that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.